This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Well, in today's Future of Work, we're going to talk about some of the jobs that may be available here in this province in the near future. Because we all know British Columbians are getting increasingly frustrated with this whole delay of bringing in ride hailing and ride sharing in this province. Once that does happen, there will likely be quite a few jobs available for people who want to work part-time or full-time as drivers for a ride hailing company, a company perhaps like Lyft. Now, Aaron Zifkin is the spokesperson for Lyft, and he joined us recently to talk about how the company is waiting to set up shop in BC and what it's like to work for Lyft. Have a listen. Aaron, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having us. So is the company kind of getting ready to operate here in BC? We've actually been working with the BC government now for probably just about two years um, on getting, obviously, regulations set up there. So we're Incredibly excited with that prospect, and obviously, as you alluded to, I think there was just a poll that was released recently that says eight out of ten Lower Mainland residents are excited about getting rideshare in Vancouver. Right. So, do you feel this year that might be a possibility? Uh, it's tough to speculate. Like I said, we're working really closely with the government right now to ensure that we've got a great framework in place so that all of those advantages of affordability and dependability that come along with ridesharing. Uh, will be available to the residents of Lower Mainland. So, Aaron, how does a company like Lyft then decide, like, how do you know how many people you need to hire? How do you how do you do all that once you're trying to get up and running in a particular jurisdiction? Well, I think that's the great thing that uh, Lower Mainland residents have to look forward to is it's really an elastic model. And so when there's more demand, we get more supply on the road. And again, if we've got the right framework, that really is, enables us to match um, those type of experiences. And probably the best thing that you'll see is that during the hours, the off-peak hours of sort of 8 o'clock to 4 a.m. tends to be our busiest time with ride-sharing. And so lots of great things come out of that as well, which is taking a lot of obviously intoxicated drivers off the road, uh, as well as just the timeliness of being able to be picked up so easily and dropped off at all corners of the city. Okay, and let's talk about some safety issues then. So what does it take to be a driver with your company? What kind of checks and balances do you have? Well, the safety of our community is absolutely the number one priority and has been since day one. Uh, And really what we've designed is some policies and features that protect both the drivers and the passengers uh, as well. And these things include things like obviously being able to identify the license plate numbers, photos of the driver and the actual vehicle itself, Uh, And we've got this really neat thing called our AMP, which actually illuminates a unique color, which matches people's app so they know which car to be getting into. I see. So to make sure then that that is your car and there's no confusion. That's correct. They can actually look at a photo of the driver, match the license plate, and of course with that AMP uh, as well, they can be able to actually see their name and the color be matched up. Interesting. Would you say that most drivers who work for Lyft, are they full-time or are they part-time? It's actually really fascinating. It's one of the brilliant things of the platform is that actually over 90% of the vast majority of our drivers actually drive less than 20 hours a week. And so when you get into some of these cars and you ask the stories of these drivers, a lot of them are you know, students who are trying to make a couple of extra dollars while they're attending classes uh, or single parents who are looking for a flexible way to earn a couple of extra dollars. And a lot of times it's just supplemental income for these folks. 
Right. Is that becoming more challenging, though? Like, I understand that there has been some controversy in some cities in the U.S. about how much money some of the ride-sharing drivers are making. Is that is a problem for Lyft as well? Well, the, the reality is it's a great way to make money. Again, the, the flexibility of the platform is what really inspires people to drive. Uh, I'm also actually a driver as well. Uh, and the neat thing is you get to meet some wonderful people, make a couple of extra dollars, and also see great parts of the city that you probably otherwise you know, wouldn't be pulled into. Wait a minute. You're a driver as well? Like how many hours a week do you go out and turn on your app? Yeah. I, I, I drive every week, and I'm driving a few hours here and there. And uh, for me, it's a great way to experience what our drivers are going through and, and obviously be able to connect with our passengers in our community. The, the biggest differentiator for Lyft has always been and always will be the way that we treat the communities that we operate in. Uh, our mission at Lyft is to ensure people, increase people's lives and the quality of people's lives to the world's best transportation. And so unless you're actually out there using the product and meeting the people in your community who you're servicing, you can't do a great job of that. Is this, do you think, the future of work then out there, jobs like this, where this is, I mean, just something that you do on the side for a couple of hours to pick up some more change? I mean, I think, I think again, this is an add-on. A lot of people, this is sort of a, a secondary sort of side hustle uh, to make a couple of extra dollars. And I think the most important thing is just the flexibility of earning oppor- opportunity, right? Just the hours that people tend to be going on and off. And so for some people, that's weekends. Other people, it's evenings. Um, but it really just depends. A lot of times it becomes supplemental income for them. Okay. And so do you have to go up through a background check to be hired? Like how long does it typically take to, for somebody to be hired on as a driver? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty thorough process. We actually have a, a background check, a criminal background check that all of our drivers uh, go through, and obviously a driving record uh, as well that goes along with that. So it's a pretty extensive background check, uh, but it's all automated through the platform. So it's pretty easy. People just have to go down, uh, download the driver app and, uh, and enter into the process. Do you think that platforms like Lyft have kind of changed the workforce? Uh, again, I think it's for some. I think for a lot of people, you know, I think one of the great things about uh, about Canada is obviously our immigration policy and creating unique opportunities and, and economic empowerment. Uh, and this is just another great tool that we've got in our arsenal um, in Canada to be able to provide these type of gig economy opportunities for people. All right. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Thanks for having us.